twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll tell you about a new digital two-way radio coming soon from Ocean and a DMR base station from Blackbox. We'll give you an overview of their features and specifications and compare them to their analog counterparts. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by... By TwoWayRadios.com, the source for two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. By TwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. A few years ago, Ushin entered the digital radio market with the KGD901 DMR radio. Not long before that, Blackbox introduced their analog dual-band base station, or what became known in some circles as the Balfung in a Box. Both radios received mixed reviews from some radio users, and both were largely panned by the ham community. Now, both companies are introducing new models in their product series, and both are DMR. Yeah, I'm really excited, particularly about this this Ocean uh, KGUVN1. Uh, the the black box uh, base station. I don't know that. I mean, we'll talk about that later. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> big It'll get a news. rise out of people. <laughs> the, the big news is this uh, KGUV N1 from Ocean. Um, we have been working with them for a few months. There's been a lot of back and forth on um, like what this radio needs and what the ham community is looking for. And hopefully, we provided them some good feedback. And uh, they've they've taken some of our suggestions, and I think they have a, a good radio here. We just mm-hmm. received these. Um, we played around previously with a, an earlier version, but um, the actual version that's going to be for sale is here and uh, just arrived. We haven't had a lot of time to, to test it, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think they've got a hit on their hands with this radio. They they may be onto something here. I mean, uh, I had this on my desk for a couple of days, and to be honest, I hadn't really had a chance to spend much time going over it. I did connect a programming cable and just looked at the programming software briefly, and uh, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to it, but um, I kind of like the way this looks, and I I like the way this feels better than the D901. The D901, I mean, it was. It it was a little behind. They were a little behind the times on that with the introduction of say the MD380 and and some of the other uh, radios from from TYT and, and other manufacturers. Um, and and I think they've been trying to play catch up on this. I think they may have done this. Yeah, I think with the the D901, I think there was a a price point issue with that radio, and it also. Uh, was limited, if I recall, in the number of channels or groups. Yeah, and, yeah, very uh, limited. Yeah, and and because of the price and those limitations, it was never um, that interesting to the ham community 
or even to the business community because the the TYT MD380s were there at a much, much lower price, offering a better feature set than the D901. So um, Ocean has really, I think, uh, lost a lot of popularity over the last few years. They they were um, probably, I think they were the first import, quote unquote, import radio mm-hmm. that really took off in the United States. They were around uh, with the D1P, KGUV D1P, before uh, even Baofeng with the yeah. UV5Rs yeah. came along. And uh, their, their uh, 8D. The 8D uh, was extremely was popular. Super popular. But um, as... Yeah. Digital radios took off or DMR radios took off. The popularity of the ocean products kind of dipped. But uh, I think there's a good chance that they're back with the KGUV N1. Your first uh, thoughts on this, Anthony, I, know, I noticed you holding the radio over there, and, and uh, I, it seems a little heftier to me, but I think part of that's because of the, the battery. Right. Yeah, it, I think what this is designed after is the KGUV Eight ninety nine. Mm. They're uh, it, it kind of looks like it the, mm. with the buttons and the and the grill and things like that. But it's I was looking at the product weight seventeen ounces. Is that right? Yeah, uh, according to their specs, uh, it's seventeen. Is that ounces. right? It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. That's, that's a pound. That's over a pound. Is that's that, their uh, specs. I mean, that's, it kind of feels almost when you've got the battery on there. It feels almost like a pound. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's it's. It doesn't feel any heavier than a. No, it feels like a normal radio to me. I mean, it's so, a little thicker, maybe than. If it feels uh, feels pretty sturdy, I'll say that. Seventeen ounces. That's good. We'll have to check that because it's. Yeah, uh, we'll have to. Because I'm I'm used to seeing, you know, CLPs at four ounces and. Yeah, know, well, and, well, and, the CLPs are right. Really it's, a light, di- it's a different. Yeah, radios too. But, but yeah, I think even like forty elevens are eight ounces. Hmm. Maybe eight or nine, but it feels like a stout little radio. I mean, it feels very solid, very it solid. Does. Yeah, durability has never been an issue with, with Ocean. You know, they they produce high quality, business quality radios. Um, this isn't a, a twenty dollar radio. This is, right. this is a professional radio. And it almost looks when I was going through the radio, and and there's a cover on. On the um, the audio connector side, it looks like it's sealed up pretty tight. So my impression, my first impression, in that is that it's very water resistant or almost maybe waterproof. But I'm not going to say that because I went looking for information on that all over the place and from Ocean themselves, and there is nothing anywhere that that makes any claim like that. Yeah, I, I think that this is a waterproof radio based on the way they're doing the. Uh the accessory connector, but you're right. I've looked as well, and I don't see um, I don't see it listed anywhere. And, and typically, here's why I think it's not. It, typically, on the waterproof radios, they have an antenna that's got to kind of have a seal in it as well. And this doesn't. I mean, water would get right down in there. You, yeah, that's true. On their waterproof radios, they make them. They had to change the design of them just to make them waterproof. Um, Hmm. So I mean, that has I'm, the seal around the accessory connector, but not the right. antenna. So I'm thinking, and typically you see, um, maybe it's like IP five it, it, it does screw down, and it's got the mm-hmm. the gasket inside there on the accessory port. But um, you know, that's uh, well, I, I can tell you. Hold on a second. Well, now it is it is covering uh, a Kenwood style connector port. 
So, so maybe maybe that's why it's on there, just because those are more porous than, say, like a multi-pin connector. So type. typically on your waterproof radios, you have ports on the radio chassis and on the battery mm-hmm. that I don't know if they suck the air out or force them with air or what, but it's a it's a I'll have to show you when the podcast is over on one of the waterproof ones out there. They've got mm-hmm. a a lot of the, even the business radios have a something on there that helps compress that. Well, we do have a, a waterproof seal, like a rubber seal around the battery connectors there. Yeah, that's on a lot of radio. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see what they. Mm, oftentimes it, you'll see. Oftentimes it, you'll see the seal going around the battery itself, and I don't see that there. Right. Yeah, because usually, like on the TYTs, they've got. Uh, that's why they tell you never to open them if you yeah. you know don't get in there and open them because if you do, it's going to break that seal. It's going to break that air seal mm-hmm. to help. Uh, keep water out but well let's let's talk a little about what this radio does and who it's up against um as far as popular dmr radios now i, I believe the anytone um d878 uv the uh tyt md 2017 mm-hmm. um maybe the uh, tyt md uv 380 uh, those are popular dual band dmr digital radios that are kind of designed with the amateur radio user in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that this radio is going to cause some disruption there. Uh, I think it's going to take business away from that any tone, particularly because of the price point and uh, the TYT MD 2017. um, I think this radio matches up very well to the MD 2017. Um, but I think there are some advantages for, for the UVN1. Well, let's uh, take a look at some of the features of this radio. Uh, let's go down the list uh, just briefly. What do we have here? Uh, well, what we have is a 4-watt UHF, 5-watt VHF radio, which is just like the other models I, I mentioned. that supports 3,072 channels, uh, 250 zones, 255 received groups, it's a full color, um, full color display. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has the same full color screen as the uh, some of the other ocean radios that they're really well known for, and and which really kind of popularized those radios, uh, like the eight D and the nine D. Yeah, I, I put the screen in the uh, TYT MD twenty seventeen category. Think so? Yeah. Um, now, this radio was designed for business users. It was mm-hmm. designed as a commercial radio. And if you look at Ocean's website, you're going to see 1,024 contacts advertised. And you're also going to see a eight-hour recording function. Mm-hmm. And here's what they've done for us. Um, they modified the firmware of this, this radio. And what we're selling at buy2wayradios.com is an amateur version, an amateur version of this radio where they've eliminated the recording. So you Mm -hmm. don't get the eight hour record time, but that space is dedicated now to contacts. The radio supports 160,000 contacts, which I think is the most of any radio on the market. Yeah, I think uh, what what is uh, TYT? It's doing a uh, hundred thousand or something. It's hundred thousand, but I've gotten. I can get you can get up to. 
I think 120 in there now mm-hmm. with the new uh, update. So 120 for the TYT. I believe the Antitone supports up to 150,000. This is 160,000. And why that's important is if you're using the radio uh, for amateur, you're going to want to load in all of the contacts for the area that you're using the radio. Because if you're hitting DMR repeaters, a wide network of repeaters, you'll see the call sign of anyone who's transmitting right on the radio. And there's a website called radioid.net that allows you to get your own ID for your radio, and it provides a a downloadable list of all the radio IDs in the system. And what they'll do is let you say, give me all of the uh, radio IDs for North and South Carolina. That's how it would normally work, or, uh, you know, whatever states you're using uh, the radio for, and you can import those contacts into your radio. This radio can handle all of them. There's a, in the entire worldwide radioid.net database, there's around... 130 something that maybe 135,000 you can load every contact from that database into this radio you don't have to mess with csv files all that you just get just take them all and as a bonus ocean has preloaded the radio with these contacts indeed so right out of the box mm-hmm. if you buy the radio from buy2wayradios.com or if you get the amateur edition of the radio you're going to have all the contacts in the system at the time this, the radio was was loaded. Uh, you're going to get all the contacts for for the world preloaded into the radio. Talk about uh, pre-programming. That's, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I think that's a big feature because with other radios, you have to go to this website. You have to download a CSV mm-hmm. file. Maybe it's in the right format for your radio. Maybe it's not in the right format for your radio. Maybe you have to load it into Excel, change some column names. We've had customers who've had a lot of trouble with this. And having a radio that supports everything, you don't have to limit it. You don't have to do a special query to pull down a, a subset. And having them all already in the radio when you buy it, I think it's a big selling point. I think that that is going to be attractive to a lot of amateur radio users. So, in other words, from a digital perspective, on because this is a digital and analog radio, from a from the digital side, really all they're going to have to do when someone purchases this radio, essentially, is to program in their code plug their radio ID. They're going to have to pro. Yeah, they're going to have to to go to the website, their get ID, their yeah. radio ID, and. That's and it. It, when they're programming their code plug, they'll put their radio ID in the code plug. And, of course, they'll have to program in the repeaters. And that's that's a drawback to this radio is that mm-hmm. there aren't any code plugs out there for it right now. Like it, the MD-2017 is probably a, a code plug for every region that's already out there. So if you bought buy an MD-2017, mm-hmm. you can just go find a code plug for your area. Here – uh, if you get this one, you're going to have to program in a few a few repeaters yourself, at least until this radio gets popular enough that a community forms around it and, and you've got some code plugs already out there. I shouldn't say anything, but uh, I can see Anthony getting calls from people saying, hey, can you, can you uh, send me a code plug for this? I know uh, Anthony spent a lot of time building a, a code plug for the MD380. Mm-hmm. I if we could get Lucian to, I wonder what, because their software looked pretty similar to the 380 software, didn't it? Or yeah, did, it looks it looks really similar. I wonder if they could just tweak something to. I don't know if they. I don't think it will open a TYT file. I think it would be a lot of work, probably. Gotcha. For them to make that change, because they don't have the source code for the 
right. TYT software. You know, I could see though that down the line that someone would would maybe step up to the plate and um, and create some sort of conversion. Well, there's, there's contactmanager.org no. or whatever he is now that that has the easy code plug creators for all the radios now. So it's only oh, a matter no, of time before he would be able to create one for for this, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the thing. If, if this radio yeah. gets as popular as I expect it's going to get, if it, it's not going to be a problem. You'll be able to find code plugs. And it's not like it's that big of a deal to make your own. You're probably going to be using three or four repeaters in your area maybe and mm-hmm. it maybe maybe it takes 15 or 20 minutes to program them in right it's not i mean i'm probably over <laughs> um maybe over i'm complaining a little too much so as far as uh accessories for this radio it really it's it's going to be a different battery it's going to be i guess since it's a k1 connector i would assume that probably most of the standard uh, audio accessories will probably work just fine for it. And it uses an SMA male uh, antenna connector, so well, know, a lot of antennas that would work for it. Let's back up a second and talk about that accessory connector, because I, I think that is another big reason to go with this radio. Okay. Um, compared to the MD-2017 again, um, the MD-2017 uses a multi-pin connector. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a special type of connector to use that radio. And there are a limited number of accessories available with that connector. This uses the same connector as a, a Balfong UV5R. It uses the same connector as most import radios. Yeah. So if you already have audio accessories, chances are they're using this connector and they'll work with this radio. So that's... That's definitely a, a pro for the KGUVN1. Now, when it comes to the programming cable, that's a little bit different story. Right. This is a special programming cable. A, a, um, a UV5R programming cable is not going to work with this radio. You have to have the Ocean programming cable. And I don't believe it's the same programming cable that worked with their 901 I tried it uh, earlier, and it didn't – I mean, it recognized the cable okay, but when I plugged the radio into it, it didn't really – it didn't it really recon- yeah, it wouldn't recognize the radio. So um, Now, that might have just have been on my machine. Um, I don't know, but uh, – Did you try reading it through the programming software? Actually, no, I didn't because I didn't uh, – I couldn't find I think my that's D901 the only way. Soft- I couldn't find my D901 software on the machine uh, – at the moment, and I didn't have time to go looking for it. So okay. I think that's the only way that you we would know for sure. Yeah. So well, who knows? Maybe it is the, the same cable as the 901. Not not like many people bought the 901 anyway, so I don't think it's going to be uh, relevant to most people. That anyway. thing's got a 2,600 milliamp battery on it. It does. Too. Yeah. That's that's getting it. That's it's like uh, the 8D one. You yeah, know. that's that's uh, – that's high capacity in, in Wushin's world. Um, I've been telling you, man. We, I'm going back and forth with Wushin for months, and I've been kind of hyping it to you. I told you it, it, they're coming out with something. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it so the the TYTs of the world need to, and, and some of these others need to, you know, they've been called out. Well, I, I'm just happy that Ocean is finally kind of back in the game with this. Right. Um 
I mean, I, I feel like they're a good company. I feel like they, they, they have sort some of good s- products, some good solid products, and they have a, a good track record with them in the past. So I, I'm I'm a little surprised that they that they took this long to to go this route. Well, one of the pluses with me with with them is they support their stuff. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I tell people this story all the time about. I think it was a nine a, a nine twenty mobile or nine fifty mobile. And we were having an issue with something, and we we skyped them. Yeah, we got on, we got on the a, big TV in here, and, 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 and they they saw what the issue was, and we had a new firmware and within or software or something within like twelve hours. Yeah, they're, and, and fixed they're the good. problem. There's no doubt they're good. I I think they were kind of just. I always wonder why it took them to get in the digital game with as big of a name as our. But I, I think they kind of played it smart. They sat back and said, okay. <laughs> we'll 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 let these others come in here and 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 start it and you know which can either make you or break you if you wait wait too long but I think they you know from what I've seen with it they they've done it right the first time they just kind of wait till just waited till everything was shaking out yeah because for a while there and, there was a bazillion then, different DMR radios yeah. coming out now it's you're you're lucky to get a new one you know from the manufacturer once a year. Well, I'm glad they're back in the game. Yeah, I'll I, say that. I feel like they were they just kind of lost it with the the digital stuff. Like maybe they didn't have their eye on the ball with this, or they didn't really know what the market wanted. Yeah, that 901 was. Yeah, the software was yeah, horrible. They were way behind. Now, it it was a good radio. Yeah, it's a good quality radio, but the features just weren't what people right were looking for. And you know what? If you if you had a business and um, you were looking for a, a radio to run your business with. The 901 would have been fine, except that it was priced like, you know, a, a Vertex standard type mm-hmm. radio. But I think maybe that's what <laughs> that was really the market they were going for anyway. They weren't going for hams. They were going for the business user, the business market. And I think maybe they just with the other radios like the, you know, the MD380, when it came out uh, and, and what TYT had it. Type accepted and 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 so they were marketing those to businesses, but here the D nine hundred one with its very limited functionality. Here's the thing: just with the, wasn't the, the the DMR radios, the, the TYTs of the world never imagined that those radios would be as big. Because every time I would go to them with up say suggestions, up your contacts numbers, mm-hmm. um, add more channels, more groups, blah blah blah, and they're like. Why do businesses need that? Well, they're not being sold for that's what they they intended it for was business use. But these amateurs are buying them and digital mm-hmm. took off. You got to give the people what they want. You know, they couldn't mm-hmm. believe, you know, what I'm saying, we need 100,000 contacts. This it is when there was the only amateurs. seven this was yeah. when there was only 75,000 contacts. Yeah. Put 100,000 yeah. in there. And well, now and now we're over 130. They're like, "Why do you need that many?" Because and I had to break it down for them and go this is where who's using your radios yeah. over here. This is where this the DMR radios are going. And they it was were like the amateurs that put the, that radio on the map. They were blown away. It was the amateurs that put the MD three eighty on the map, not the businesses. Well, Ocean the businesses was the were, same way. I mean, they had radios that were two hundred and fifty six contacts, and I would say, no, 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 not enough contacts. You need to add more contacts. And then this radio came out, and they said, look, we fixed your problem. One thousand contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this radio. We've gone, we've quadrupled our. No, 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 no. We need a hundred thousand. That poor guy or girl over there was like up for days trying to figure out how to get those extra, you know, 
800 contacts in there and, <laughs> and now we're still not enough. <laughs> I think when it came down, they, they really, really they thought we were greedy on our contacts is what it was. I mean, they're just greedy. I, I don't think they really understood. The yeah. They, they, they think we're crazy. With, yeah. well, why would anyone need that many contacts? <laughs> well, it looks like they've wised up since then and, and they've really, they've really, uh, Stepped up to the plate with this. Now, there's so. something else we need to talk about with this radio. This, this this radio is not approved by the FCC right now. This radio has no FCC ID number, no FCC ID sticker, but we are selling the radio. Um, now, eventually, this radio is going to be Part 90 type accepted, which means usable by businesses in a wide frequency range, 400 to 470, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, 136 four, to 174, I think. Yeah, on VHF. Yeah. yeah. But and, it would be illegal, of course, for us to sell a radio without an FCC ID number that operates in that range. So mm-hmm. if you buy this radio now, what you're going to get is a radio that's locked to the amateur frequencies. Uh, amateur only. 420 to 450 UHF and 144 to 148 VHF. Um, and what we are committing to is that once the radio receives its FCC ID number, once it receives its commercial approval, we can flash the radio to have a wider frequency range. Mm-hmm. So if you buy it now, you're not getting a, like an obsolete radio, a radio that's going to be obsolete in a while. You're, you're getting a radio that's going to need to be flashed in order to be opened up to commercial frequencies in the future. But right now, if you buy it, it will work on the amateur frequencies. But if you're an amateur radio operator and you're buying this for amateur use, you really shouldn't need to have that unlocked anyway. Right. So um, but most of so you be, listening, fine. most of you listening to this are probably going to be fine with just leaving it alone yeah, at the yeah. frequencies we're shipping it on now. <laughs> Anthony's shaking his head. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> we want MERS. We yeah. want GMRS. We want, we want uh, everything on here. Yeah. No, yeah. No can do on that. But uh, uh, right now it's being sold as an amateur radio only. And uh, what's uh, what's the price point on this? Ah, that's the best part. $159. $159.99. That's pretty good. Heck of a deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's. I think that is the right price for this radio. Um, it's the same price as the MD twenty seventeen. It it is significantly less than the Anytone D eight seven eight UV. So, and for a business grade radio, because I mean, this is they built this for business, so it is a business grade radio. For all intents and purposes. This is not a radio on a chip. This is a real radio. It's a high quality radio. It's a durable radio. Um yeah, it's not a it's not a Baofeng BF eight eighty eight S or something. You know, it's it's uh, it still has a flashlight. So yeah, it still has a flashlight. <laughs> it, it, it does do. have a flashlight. I don't know what it is with the Chinese and, and flashlights, but uh they seem to have a fixation with those. It started know. getting rid of the uh, wrist straps and adding flashlights, it looks like <laughs> You can probably add it for about four cents, and uh. okay, I, I I have I have an admission here. I have I have used a flashlight on a handheld radio on I occasion, it. once or twice. Uh, one time when I was walking the dog, and and uh, 
and I couldn't find my regular flashlight, and there was the radio sitting there, and oh, I'll use this because it has a flashlight. Um, so I am I, not yeah, knocking. I'm not knocking the flashlight. I I mean, why not have a flashlight if you're never going to use it? Uh, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't really cost you any more to have the flashlight. I, I, it uses up more battery power if you leave it on. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you have it on, then it's useful. Then you're happy to have it. Yeah. I mean, if if not, unless why you forget to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, my you'll dead. you'll turn it off. You'll, you're going to see the light right there. <laughs> I see the light. Um, well, that's the Ocean KGUVN one DMR radio. Now, um, Black Box has this should be good. Black Box has a DMR radio coming out too, and this one uh, this one's also very interesting. In a different way. We're talking about the Black Box DMR, or digital, base station. Yes. You know, I've never gotten more crap than I got after we did, <laughs> uh, was it a podcast? I think we did a podcast did a, and a YouTube video. We did all three. We, we blocked it. We, pod, we did a podcast. We did a video. I tell you, that video still gets... That video still gets a lot of comments. God, people hate us for selling this black box base station. They they just hate it. I, I saw. Mean, it, I was scrolling through Twitter last. I was telling Danny earlier. I was scrolling through Twitter last night and looking up uh, buy two radios dot com just in the search, and I saw some some comments. A, a, a guy started a post about this new Beofang in a box, <laughs> <laughs> and the one comment was. Well, somebody's got to pay for that. They're 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 hoping they can pay for uh, that three D printer with that with one sale or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and that's what the black box base was. It was a imagine a UV five R radio um, in like, a box. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like they built a box around a UV five R radio um, because that's ex- <laughs> I believe that's exactly what they did. The the FCC ID number is the same. FCC ID from the UV5R. It's just that they they made a base station type setup around the radio. I say, it's it's and, a little bit more sophisticated. Well, sophisticated than, <laughs> than that because it's what got sense. It's got the speaker and the push to, the big giant push to talk. So there's something run into the radio from that. It's not just throwing it in a box. Well, the MSRP. Uh, is the big problem. I mean, people don't have a problem with them designing or 3D printing a box around right. a UV5R. Uh, what they have a problem with is that the MSRP on this radio was $240, I think, or yeah. $220. It, um, it really shocked you know everyone in the ham community because they're saying, well, you know, I can get this thing for $25, $30, uh, you know, and – and here it is in a box. And what did it take to put it in 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 the little case? Uh, uh, another twenty bucks. Uh, I you know I I um, in their defense, yeah. And at first glance, I would agree a hundred percent that this radio really needs to be like sixty bucks or sixty nine dollars. Uh, but but um, but not. And and I I understand. I also understand. Um, that this was designed for businesses. It was not designed for, for ham radio operators or anyone else's. It was designed specifically for businesses. So it was priced for business use as a business base station. Uh, you know, it, it, I think a, the original price was $249.99. 
And I think you can you can find it in various places. And we we have it for a little less than that now, but but it's it's still around. Actually, believe it or not, it's still around. And it sells, and people buy it. And you know why? This is what I said when when they came out with this radio. This people are going to complain about the price because compared to a UV5R, it's overpriced. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's overpriced compared sure. to a UV5R, but Compared to other business base stations, it's cheap. Business base stations sell for $300, $400 starting. I mean, mm-hmm. a business base station is a high-end mobile radio typically in a metal frame with a power supply. They're not cheap. If you're looking for a base station for your business, $200 starts to look like a deal. Mm-hmm. So especially dual band, and yeah, yeah, dual band. And keep in mind, we're not. This isn't us making this. This is the black box, or black box brand by Klein Electronics. I think that they're actually selling these things. They must be because now they've got a DMR version. You know, they were a little put off by that too when they saw the reaction from the ham community uh, about that. They were they got pretty defensive about it. Well, they say it was like dropping a Yugo motor inside a Ferrari yeah, body something or something. Like that. <laughs> But I I think that the only thing that I find, the only thing I find that, I hate to say the word, ludicrous about the design, because it is, is the fact that it was designed to be used on a desk or on a wall, Mm -hmm. and yet there was no way to compensate for that with the position in the antenna. When you have the antenna, the antenna is designed specifically to sit on a desk and the antenna straight uh, stands straight up. Now, if you're going to stick that thing on a wall, you're going to be poking yourself in the face with that antenna all the time every time you walk up to it. But the antenna- we had that problem when we when we were shooting the video, too. Yeah. I had to keep some distance from that because I was like, okay, this is a little weird. Yeah, the wall thing must have been an afterthought. But you, you can remove the antenna and replace it with a different antenna if you wanted yeah. to, right? Or you could you could get I mean we we a, a sell 90 degree adapter, adapter ninety degree adapters to make that work. I just find it a little a little ridiculous that they would say yeah you can mount on a wall and then this is what it looks like on the wall with this thing sticking straight up at you. <laughs> <laughs> just that was the only thing about. It. Other than that, I didn't really have a problem with the radio. Look, I that, I that know. Device. People are going to give us a hard time for defending this radio, but I continue to defend this radio, <laughs> and uh, and I will. I, I think that it's not – you. if you're a ham and you're listening to this and you're angry that someone would sell the, this radio for, for what it's priced at, this radio isn't for you. Right. Don't yeah, buy it. That's true. People buy it for their businesses because well, it's it's competitive. I think a lot of people still like to make fun of it, poke fun of it like they do on our YouTube channel. But Oh, there, there is a yeah. lot to make fun of. Yeah, there, I, there, I agree there is, with you. There is. But you know what? We've been talking about this this uh, uh, in a box for, for the better part of, of 10 minutes, and we haven't really talked about the DMR version. And the reason we haven't is because the DMR version, for all intents and purposes, looks exactly like the analog version. So... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a, a – I was expecting like an MD380 in a box. Yeah, when, they, when I saw the, the email come through from Klein, I was like, 
Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so is it going to be an MD380 in a box now? No, it still it looks still like up. a UV5R in a box. You know we, what? We, I think that would have been a step up, though, because the, the MD380 has a nice color screen, and that would have been kind of cool to have. You know? I guess they couldn't work out a deal with the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, we, we um, haven't actually seen this radio. We're just going off of the, the product announcement from Klein. Maybe, and the picture really does look exactly like the old one. It does. Well, maybe... Uh, I got a picture of it right there. Right here. There's a picture right there. It's in glorious black and white. Yeah, I think that this is the same picture of their other radio. I don't. uh, We may end up getting one of these, and it is a MD380 (laughs) in a box. That would be funny. Then then we'll be doing a follow up podcast on this. Maybe a video. That would be worth a video. Right there. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we two. Have, we'd have to do a video right away. But look at the specs on this. I mean, it, it's pretty much the same specs uh, as the the other one, their their other base station. Um, I almost said Balfong, but it, it's the same specs, it looks like, except this one is digital. Yeah, and, and I don't understand which radio they're using. Is there a radio that's the same exact frame and button placement and all that of a UV5R. Could be. But well, there is a digital, digital version of the, of the UV5R. But isn't that a, like an, a really inferior radio with, that just does type 1 DMR or something? It's not, it doesn't yeah, I'm not, do type I'm, 2? We don't carry it, and I've never really paid that much attention to it, to be honest. Yeah, so if it's the one I'm I, thinking I of, say. it's the one I'm thinking of. We don't carry it because it doesn't do type 2 DMR. Right. We, um, I think so it won't do repeaters or surely they didn't take that one there is one that they talk about on our forums at radioforum.com um but i really don't know uh, and like i said we I, I haven't messed with that uh radio so i i don't really know that much about that particular model so um i just haven't really looked into it that much well uh i'm I'm happy for Klein. I'm happy to see the DMR version of the the black box base, and I look forward to the the hate mail that we're going to get from this episode for the next several years. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. It'll right, be fun to, to do a video on this. So, um, when when are we getting these in? <laughs> I, I don't even know if we've ordered these yet. Um. I don't know. Uh, it just but, seemed like something we should talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Although the other thing is the price. Um, <laughs> if you thought the if you thought the um, uh, their analog base station was priced competitively, um, this one's even better. It goes for two eighty nine ninety nine from what I've seen. Two eighty nine. Two eighty nine. If the other competitively speaking, yeah. <laughs> that's a deal. If the other one's two thirty nine, you know that's, this isn't that bad of a deal. Fifty dollars more for DMR, it almost uh, seems like you've got to go with the upgrade, right? <laughs> please don't, please don't send these back and trade them in for the to, to upgrade to the digital. We, we we're not doing that. But, uh, and if they look exactly the same, it's uh, we're going to get them mixed up. Yeah, that's that's true. However, uh, that's um. That's the news on uh, on uh, the latest digital offerings from Ocean and uh, Blackbox. 
So, um, hey, you know, if you have any comments on this, if you want to know more about these radios, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have them up on our site at buytwoeradios.com. And uh, if you have any uh, comments on it, send them to us. We, we want to hear them. Just send them to show at buytwoeradios.com. And, uh, hey, if we use it on uh, the podcast, we'll, we'll send you a T-shirt, some swag. If you email us and complain about the black box base, we will not send you a T-shirt. <laughs> Well, they can be funny comments. Just don't complain. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> you know. So uh, that's the that's the, the digital stuff. We have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at tuiradioforum.com. Um, some of these are pretty pretty interesting. I'm going to read this one first because we were, we were talking about this briefly, I think, just before the podcast. Uh, and this comment is from, from Brian. And he is commenting on uh, episode 132, Should You Be Licensed to Buy a Radio? That's when we were talking about whether or not we should, uh, you know, someone should be licensed before they can buy a radio from a dealer. And uh, he says, uh, really enjoyed the 132 show. I am not going to weigh in on licensed purchaser or not. I am licensed, so it would be easy for me to say, sure, require a license. However, AES in Orlando used to ask for a call sign when you phoned them to buy, and now they are out of business. They may have been inquiring for other reasons, like looking up your account, but I thought I would throw that in. No, the reason I am writing is because I cannot believe you haven't been advised of our problem in Georgia, illegal use of two meters by deer hunters, and a lot of them. It is very rampant. Unfortunately, they sometimes unwittingly wind up on repeater inputs and transmit 40 miles away on the output. Even with CTCSS tones, the interference is still present. More disturbing is that the local CB shops encourage them to buy the radios for the quieter non-skip interference band. Uh, those were in quotes. My request is simply that dealers offer due diligence in giving information to the buyer and certainly not intentionally lead them to illegalities. I really can't ask for more. And that's from Brian. So good comments. It is a good comment. And, and I think that the problem that he's talking about is only going to get worse um, because... When you go to websites like Amazon.com and you see that the top selling radio is, uh, you know, like a super cheap import radio. BF888S or whatever. And um, also the FCC has basically come out saying that you're allowed to sell a radio if it's locked down to only amateur frequencies. That's the only time that you can sell a non-FCC approved radio. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me if you start to see cheap radios pop up that only operate on those frequencies just because it's legal to do so. And, you know, a site like Amazon, they're not going to check to make sure that you have a license or Mm -hmm. provide any information saying that, you know, you have to be a licensed amateur to use this radio. They're basically going to wash their hands and say it's not our our problem. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing a lot more interference in those handbands just because now... There's a document that says if the radio uses the, is within these frequency ranges, you can use it without an FCC ID, which is basically what that FCC bulletin that came out what, what a year ago now. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, not quite a year ago, but it's back in September, I think, is when it yeah. happened. That's crazy. A lot of hunters use VHF Marine. Yeah, we've heard of that, land, too. And now there's, which is also there's, illegal. Now they're crossing <laughs> yeah. over to, uh, I think, well— at least with VHF Marine, the Coast Guard monitors that. You know, mm-hmm. that's where you can get in some big, big trouble. But, oh, yeah. 
but uh, biggest know. surprise to me from that email is that the CB shops are uh, telling them to, to go buy these radios. I, I would think the CB yeah. shop would uh, well that, try to sell. Well, you know, it's a little business that CB shops are getting now. <laughs> I tell you, we, we've all seen that the hams and CBs of the world is like the Hatfields and the McCoys, and they don't like each other. Yeah, <laughs> they don't like each other true. at all. That's true. <laughs> The, those well, CB you know, shops, they, those, they shouldn't be turning any customers away. <laughs> well, some of those CB shops have gotten in trouble themselves for, for tweaking up those CB radios when they weren't supposed to. But, uh, you know, that's been an issue for a long time also. But, um, and no names, because uh, I don't have any to give out anyway. But, uh, you know, that that is a known, known problem for years. Uh, I will say that... I'm I'm a little surprised because now that the FCC has raised the wattage limit on FRS, and there are so many FRS radios really being marketed, and they have been marketed for years to deer hunters in particular. I mean, Midland has radios that that have you know animal calls on them, and things like that. A lot of camo stuff. Uh, and a, a number of these uh, uh, manufacturers have put out camo versions of radios and uh, other heftier versions of, of FRS radios in the past marketed specifically to deer hunters. And you would think that, well, the deer hunters would really go for that, and it's license-free. They don't have anything to worry about. No worries. Yeah, absolutely. They, they should absolutely be using an FRS radio. And so you would think, well, why aren't they doing that? Uh, I don't know. But – Anyway, we have a comment from K5PDC, and uh, he's responding to episode 133. We were talking about, uh, oh, that was the one where, Anthony, you got on your rant there. Um, and uh, he says, I agree, more surveys. Get Anthony fired up. I appreciate all your controversial input. Uh, he followed that up with another, I think he followed that up with a tweet uh, Later on, where he said, um, where is it? If I can get it out now here. Where he was uh, responding to, um, I think it was episode 135. Oh, no, he was responding to episode 136, which was the doctor in the hand. We were talking about the, uh, we interviewed uh, Dr. Chapin, uh, who is a medical doctor and also a, a licensed ham radio operator. And he says it was cool to hear a person have such a strong opinion about active ham interest in actual emergency response practice with family. In scouting, it would be emergency preparation training. Nice interview. And that's from K5PDC. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we rather enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people seem to have, have, uh, have liked that. And uh, let's see. Ben, uh, he has a question about VHF antennas on a UHF radio. He says, I've got some UHF radios, Motorola GP340, and they currently have a 3.5, I think it's an inch, VHF antennas attached for some unknown reason. They seem to transmit and receive okay, so just wondering if there's any difference in the UHF and VHF antennas or if the performance of the radios is going to be degraded and just hasn't been noticed as we've only used the radios over short distances. Thanks, and that's from Ben. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, it's not it's, good for the radios, it's, really. Uh, it could be bad for the radio, and it's going to get the SWR up real bad, yeah. won't it? Yeah, yeah which, which uh, could cause damage. 
But in, in any case, yeah, it's best practice is to use the antenna that was really properly tuned for your radio. All right, well, that does it for our comments and questions this uh, episode. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2bayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can, of course, subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or hear it on your uh, smart speaker. Uh, Alexa or, or your Google Google Home. All right, well, I, that does it for uh, this episode. Any any other final comments? No, I don't think nope. so. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.